Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And before we get into anything on this podcast, let me just go ahead and tell you, if you're a, if you're a citizen of the U.S. and you're eligible to vote, go ahead and vote. Please. Go ahead and do it. So uh, the el- election day is, is the third and it's coming up. But if for some reason you don't have a plan to go vote, you should figure that out ASAP. I'm going to give everybody the day off on the third. It's election day. It's a holiday. Find the time. Tell your boss. Happen. Tell your boss Marquez told yeah. you can take it off. Yeah. It's happening. So there's a ton of resources out there. We'll throw a few in the show notes. Vote.org is one of my favorites. There's also IWillVote.com. Just take a few minutes and please go vote. Okay, back to tech. So there's a lot. Uh, it's still Techtober. And if you haven't been on YouTube in a while, I, I suggest checking it out because your sub box has probably got a bunch of stuff in it. I'll just leave, I'll just leave yeah. it at that. There's a, a lot, lot of happening. phones. There are a lot of phones out there. But a lot of phones, but it's also console, console season. Yeah. And it's also, there's more Apple events coming, more laptops, tablets, a whole bunch of stuff. Today, we're going to, let's see, we're going to quickly talk about the console wars happening because Series X and PlayStation 5 are on the horizon. They're about to come out. And we'll probably rant a little bit on the embargoes that have to do with them too. We'll play a little game with the new smartphones coming out and we'll, we'll start with some stuff we liked. Yeah. What did you like? I I have, I think, a kind of fun one here. Um, It's not like one specific thing, but it's more of every once in a while we get a phone that you can just tell is going to produce, like have a bunch of really fun videos when it comes out. And so this was one, the LG Wing just came out and I knew the Mm. titles for it were going to be amazing. So I, I just wrote down a couple titles for Wing reviews or Wing articles that I really appreciated. Oh, this uh, is one I, of my favorite things. Everyone I mean, loves a good pun. I'm exactly. sure Dieter saw the wing come out and was like losing his mind and super excited to start naming things. But um, so let's see. We have Winging It from Mr. Mobile. Nice. Really Flipping Fun was the Verge video. Um, this one I think was the most creative. And it's not a direct pun, but it was um, Heim Gartenberg, Gartenberg from The Verge. Learning to Fly, Failing to Soar. Mm. what a good title interesting right like that's so good um and then i have one that i'm gonna one of my friends when i was talking to him about uh about the wing his name's connor and he said i just want the wing to not be good so you guys can name the video wing and a miss (laughs) i i actually had in my draft of that video i had a wing in it pun in there Uh like something about just wing it 
and it didn't make it to the video, and I'm really disappointed. And thank you, Mr. Mobile, for getting that into your title because yeah. I, I, I wanted it. I wanted to make the joke. Yeah, there, there's potential there, and I think some people did a really good job. So uh, kudos to everyone who... I think I almost titled it What the Flip. I think I almost did that. WTFLIP would have been the title. Or just something like that, but I didn't. I didn't do it. I'm not. I'm not as creative as I. I gotta get well, back. The thing to the is, is it titles. had it had more potential if it was a bad phone, but it wound up being pretty pretty interesting. True. And a pretty cool phone. So True. Good job, LG. You, you that could have backfired really bad if it, if it went poorly. But yeah. um, did you have anything you liked? Let me think. It's been busy, so if you yeah. haven't watched anything, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. Hmm. I kind of just like that Xbox embraced the meme of the Series X looking like a fridge and then made a fridge <laughs> yeah, that, that looks was like a Series really X. Good. That's good. That's like, if you're going to be self-aware enough as a company, you might as well just go all the way. And I like that they did that. They sent one to Justine. She did an unboxing of it. Yeah. It's like six, seven feet tall. It's crazy. It's amazing. And then it's they're doing like a, like a giveaway. I think. A giveaway, yeah, exactly. That's pretty awesome. So I, I kind of just generally enjoy companies that are self-aware enough to like make fun of themselves a little bit. Like if yeah, people are gonna say it's your console, good marketing. if they're gonna say it looks like a fridge, yeah, yeah, do something, do something with Dude, that meme. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So shout out to them. Good job, Microsoft. Especially because they need everyone needs all the marketing they can get during console stuff right now. Like every little bit counts. Well, and, they uh, know it, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, in a yeah, second. we'll definitely get to that. Um, real quick, I think I have I have two really quick stories before we jump into like the meteor stuff we have in this um, AMD graphics card. We just recently talked about nvidia's 30 series which made a big splash in the like the pc gamer pc building community whatever universe um, sorry by the way everyone it's really late we're recording this about as last minute as possible so i think marquez yeah. marquez is super drained i'm sure i'm I, awake though That's yeah good. <laughs> that i'm is so good. awake <laughs> um all right so amd graphics cards they just came out there's an event to yesterday i believe which we didn't get to see because we were busy but um i just have a couple notes on it RX 6800, RX 6800 XT, and RX 6900 XT. Um, they're supposed to be competitors to like the 3080 and the 3090. Um, they uh, they're are so not good at naming these, but also they're just straight up numbers. So computer, I guess it's fine. Computers are, parts are one of those things where like I, I've always just been so used to do like. Name a motherboard off the top of your head right now. HL130Z55G. <laughs> XT, yeah. Uh, no, it's like, I get I get the numbers thing. Like, 3080, 3090, it's very straightforward. It's just like there's no way to not sound like you're diving into the deep end of tech specs. Yeah. Just talking about the name. It is. You have to be, like, familiar with that set of numbers to really, like, know. Like, I'm not familiar with AMD graphics cards. So, like, these, yeah. to me, So, RX 6800 totally means nothing to most people and com and saying that the rx 6900 xt is comparable to the rtx 3090 is just a lot of numbers coming yeah, out of my it mouth it really is um that's just funny so in terms of price points uh 579 649 999 if you compare that to nvidia prices they are cheaper than everything even though nvidia stuff was cheaper than normal this year um amd is always the company you come for though when you want like bang for your buck Yep. Cheaper than NVIDIA, cheaper than Intel kind of stuff. Right. Um, let's see. I have, I looked at some super quick benchmarks on a Verge article, and I'll link that in the show notes. But according to some of the benchmarks that they posted on certain games at 4K or at 1440 or at all sorts of different uh, settings, it looked like it was beating NVIDIA in quite a few. And when it wasn't, it was t 
tied with it. So Beating the comparable card that yes. they're comparing themselves to? Okay. Well, let's remember this is from an AMD event. So who knows exactly what numbers are? It obviously will have to be tested, but just the fact that it's comparable and a bit cheaper. And I think the crazy or the the really important thing is well, how available will these be when they come out? Because mm. the 30, 3080, 3090, and the 3070 that just came out, I just saw Ken Belito sat in line overnight to get theirs for Austin's channels. Really? So, yeah. Overnight for a graphics Overnight card? for graphics at a, at a Micro Center. I think they had like, Whoa. I think Ken said Micro Center got a little over 100 in. Um, that is actually... They sold all of them. That's over, incredible. Like, waiting in line. So. Okay, these new consoles coming out, I feel like there's going to be lines outside of stores. Like I can see that. Even though it's COVID times, like people are going to wait for that. And yeah. I, I, I always go back to, I've only ever waited for one phone in line. And I know oh. all the comments are already typing like, well, you get the phones. I've bought phones and I just yeah. wait for them, but I've never wanted a phone on day one so bad that I would wait in line outside overnight to... for it. I surprisingly have waited in line for a lot of different things. Really? Um, the only like tech, I guess you could say, was for Halo 2. Uh, okay. I got in line for that and it released at midnight, so it wasn't overnight, but it was very late. Um, I once waited in line at the grand opening of a Buffalo Wild Wings to get a year's oh my free God. worth of wings. The thing was is... It was nowhere near me, so I never went to it what? again. <laughs> I was just in college, and I was bored, and like some of my friends who oh, lived down there were doing it. That is, um, that's really. And funny. I used to wait for hockey tickets all the time for like twelve okay. plus hours. But interesting, yeah, yeah. So huh. <laughs> that that went pretty off. But GPUs are getting that kind of hype. Yeah, that's that's a they good, are. That's a good I'll mostly be interested to see how available they are because I have friends that are, have been trying to get the thirty series and just failing completely. So. Maybe that will mean there's going to be more need for the AMD ones, which means they'll get sold out super quickly, or there might just be equal want for them and not enough supply, and they'll also be sold out for the next however many months. Um, but if you guys want to see really in-depth of everything, Linus, Hardware, Canucks, Jay's Two Cents, yeah, Paul's Hardware, everyone, yeah. you, you know where to look. Um, okay, that's AMD graphics cards. One more quick story that I read literally maybe an hour ago, and I thought we just needed to discuss this very quickly, but Motorola just started selling the Razer on Amazon, an unlocked version, but there is a part in the description on Amazon's website that says, Razer was meant to be shipped in the unfolded position. However, in order to better protect the display, we have folded your Razer. It's safer. You, it may not look as elegant as we hoped, and we apologize if you see fingerprints on your device, but we assure you the Razer is brand new. So apparently Amazon is unboxing your phone and folding it and putting it back in the box to protect it from shipping for some reason. That's the first time I'm hearing that. That seems incredibly <laughs> inefficient. Like when I think of Amazon, I think of ruthless efficiency. Mm -hmm. I think of paying people as little as possible. I think of employing as, as few people as possible to do as much work as possible in these gigantic spaces. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea why they would want to unbox phones and rebox them. Especially because right now, efficiency is something that's taking a hit over there because they're because of COVID conditions, they can't put as many people in a warehouse. So like you wonder why we're not getting our two-day shippings from Amazon right now. And even though they're making billions of billions of more dollars during COVID, oh. they're, they're, they're not as efficient because they can't cram as many people into a warehouse at a time. So yeah. why would they want to take this extra step of now unboxing somebody's thing, folding it up, 
I mean, maybe it's so minuscule. I'm sure there's like one warehouse that has all of the razors in it. And, that could be true. That could know, just be one guy. It's uh, <laughs> just one but, guy rampaging yeah. through all the razors and unfolding them for fun. How would you feel though if if you bought a razor and I would hate that or any phone and there were like fingerprints on it? it like you saw the seal was broken, you saw it was open. I would and, hate it, and it's, it's yeah. because I am I am definitely a stickler for like a new thing's got to be new, and I got to be the one to peel the screen protector off, and if it's got fingerprints on it already. It's ruined. Yeah. That, <laughs> it doesn't actually matter, but it's kind of sad. It wouldn't matter to me if I was getting a discount, but if I'm paying full price, especially yeah. full price for something that's expensive, although apparently they, it is discounted from retail. I guess they've dropped the price on the razor already. Probably we can only assume due to poor sales, but yeah, I'm not paying that much money to to have someone open it before me. Yes, yeah. there's a reason open box items usually cost less. Also, yeah, exactly. I just have a quick story about, uh, sh- that reminded me about shipping. Uh-huh. A lot of people were giving me crap about, oh wow, you're being super hard on FedEx and FedEx is struggling this time and they have a lot going on. Listen, they completely lost the package. It's gone. It's, it's gone. Completely it's gone. not delayed. It's not slower. It's not like some inefficiencies and I was being ruthless. That package, that Pixel 5 is lost forever. Yeah, and it would also... I would feel worse for it if they like helped us at all. There's just, it is so hard to talk to a real person at FedEx. And I get it. Like most people calling are probably trying to do something really simple, but there's, you should still have an option when you understand that just the tracking number is not helping you enough and that something is legitimately lost in the mail. But when you finally got to talk to someone, they told you, wait one more day, call back again. You finally got to talk to someone the next day and they said, Oh wait, one more day. Call us back again. I got told. Uh, I yeah. got told. Oh, we'll file a claim. Here's your case number, and uh, if nothing gets updated for two days, call back. So okay, I got a case number. Nothing updated. I waited like a couple more days. Nothing happened. Called back. I said, "Here's my case number." Nothing happened, and they go, "Oh, all right. Yeah, contact your shipper because they got to talk to FedEx to get their money back for shipping it." I'm like, "All right, well, that's gone forever." Yeah. So I'm not being hard on FedEx. FedEx is being bad. Yeah, they just blew it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot to talk about. Console wars, tech, embargoes. We'll be right back. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic is dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, 
interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Okay, welcome back. So I just want to jump right into the deep end of consoles coming out in 2020. 2020 has been, a, well, a crazy year. And let's not get into <laughs> that. I don't want to dive off that deep end. But I think it's awesome that, you know, we see consoles come out every couple of years. It's a very generational thing. It's not like the new iPhone where there's a new one yeah. every single year. There's, I mean, sometimes there's a slim version and a, a special edition, but we get generational consoles, right? And also conveniently at the same time, we're also getting these really big leaps with graphics cards with the RTX series and the RX series. And so now there's this new feud of like all these new GPUs coming out and the PC gaming market is thriving again, but also this big generational leap in consoles. And really at the end of the day, we're looking at PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, my opinion right now on these consoles, because basically we just have the retail boxes, we've seen the hardware, we're getting into testing them. But from the outside looking in, the hype for PS5 I've seen is way stronger. It is. And wow. I think I think that's a function of supply and demand. And to explain that a little more, supply and demand. People want to see these consoles, right? Mm -hmm. They want to see what the UI looks like. They want to see what gaming looks like. They want to know what speed is like. Do they overheat? What's the design like? What's in the box? And the market uh, of YouTube and, and media land is flooded with Xbox content, which because mm -hmm. they have given it out to a bunch of people. They had the dummies before they even shipped them, and people did videos on those. And then the console, they've done like six different embargoes about all these different hardware and load time features and all these things have happened already. And now they're finally getting the boxes, blah, blah, blah. It's just endless, relentless content where PS5 has been, again, probably similar level of demand, but very, very, uh, what's the word I want to use? It's very deliberate what they choose to release. We went straight from yeah. like, they showed the UI, they showed some games, they showed the price, like they've gone uh, a much more lockstep uh, release strategy. It's still a little bit crazy, but I think they've they've successfully navigated supply and demand to the point where people are more into the PS5 content. I'm curious what you think. I like I go back and forth on what I think Sony's doing in terms of their marketing on this. Um, it's like, are they pulling off a kind of like supreme style marketing where it's like here's a really hyped piece of product that's just gonna like, you're gonna hear nothing about it and then it drops and everyone loses their mind and it creates its own hype because you didn't know a lot about it and it's just mm. by in nature a hype machine. Whereas Xbox is, yes, it's the direct competitor. There's so many things similar about the two of them, but like it is flooded. You see stuff about it all the time. And I, I honestly think that's because they're, I think Microsoft's marketing team's fantastic and they're really good at, working with creators and giving them opportunities like like you said with the fridge they did before like uh that's great marketing but at a point is your are you seeing it too much and you're just like i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it i haven't seen yeah. it like uh playstation 5 did that that live stream where the guy like dissected it and went through the end like no one who's buying the playstation 5 really cares about that's that true but it was just a chance to see it again because no one really had seen it up to that point right and in that they showed like 
the loading screen on it where it just said like please connect your controller and people thought yeah. that they were so pumped about it so i but then on the other hand i wonder if that's what sony's purposefully doing right because we've talked about sony and their phones and their really poor marketing and have they just accidentally stumbled into a hype machine with this that they i highly doubt it's accidental because yeah. they just have too much marketing dollars in so it so i i think both the marketing teams are very smart and very large teams right mm -hmm. i think with these products like you mentioned supreme like just dropping random products i think those random products don't have a legacy of build up and people waiting for them and so when you're microsoft or you're sony right now you know that for years, people are waiting for the next generation. So when the PS5 is gonna come out, you can slowly, slowly tease it and tease it a little bit until it drops, and same for Xbox. And so because they know this, they've gone about different strategies to try to smartly maximize that. Xbox is kind of pulling a OnePlus, where when we're like six months away from a new OnePlus phone, they'll go, hey, our next mm -hmm. phone's gonna have a Snapdragon 865 Plus. And you're going, well, Okay, yeah, I guess, probably. It's going to have the newest, better chip. Mm -hmm. And then, like, three weeks later, they're like, hey, it's going to have more RAM. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yes, they're going to slowly tease the specs. And they'll go, it'll have 120 hertz. And they'll go, it's going to have a bigger screen. And, like, six months later, after you've teased every single little possible thing and had press yeah. and press and press and article and article and article, it finally comes out. And if you're OnePlus or if you're Xbox, you're hoping that that's the crescendo to all the press and everything that's been building this whole time. Everyone's been waiting. They know everything about it already, but they just can't wait to get it for themselves because they've mm -hmm. seen it. And I think that's one version of playing it smart. Yeah. The other version is the Sony, the PS5 version, and even maybe to an extent Apple, where you just don't say that much. I mean, Apple doesn't say anything, right? But if you're Sony, yeah. you, don't, you don't say that much, but you know that every single thing that you publish about the PS5 will be relentlessly scrutinized yeah. and watched. And so you sort of turn the faucet up just a little bit, just a little leak. Here's the price. Here's the design. Here's like a teardown. Yeah, I think and it started you, with like the PS5 logo and people like- Yeah, just the logo. Lost. I think that was at like, that was at CES, wasn't it? Yeah, and then like the, yeah. the boot screen and then the mm -hmm. UI. It slowly comes out and it's like one after another and it's the same thing. It's still a crescendo at the end when it finally launches and you can get your own, but it's uh, it's a bit more, I, I like that strategy better, to be honest. I think that that's more efficient. I think that it's a better strategy, definitely for just, um, just like pure hype behind it. Like I miss the days where we get like big reveals and PlayStation might be one of those things where like they still actually reveal things and you get that pure just like, I mean, I always think about a lot of video game launches. It happens with like Smash Brothers a lot when they they make a trailer and like some new character comes out and it's at some big convention and the whole audience like stands up and starts cheering. Like that doesn't happen very much anymore. And PlayStation yeah. is something that stuff like that happens for. Um, I am a little, I wonder why they didn't send it out to more creators. I get exclusivity kind of stuff and like creating uh, like, I have an answer. Not being flooded. Yeah. But it still felt super, super confined. And like, yeah. I feel like there's one or two other gaming channels out there that it could have benefited from. Fully agree. While Fully agree. keeping the same level of hype. Yeah. I think for them, it's part hype, but also part control. And yeah. what they very, because this is also something Apple does and something you'll see people who criticize Apple and Apple critics all the time about, which is like, Apple will send this device to like nine places 
And all these nine places have to carefully navigate being one of the only places to have this thing, but also trying to tell the truth. And if you say too much bad, do you ruin being one of the first next time? And I guess, you know, this channel, we're in a, I guess, incredibly fortunate position where I feel Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't have any muzzle. Like, I'll say exactly what I feel about this device. Yeah. But that's not true about everyone. They feel a pressure to say nice things about the thing they got because being one of the first nine or whatever it is, is great. Now, Apple can use that leverage to slowly remove and add to keep them saying nice things. And I think that's a little bit true of what Sony's doing where they're not going to send it to 30 YouTubers because... Well, now it just looks like it'll go out anywhere and anyone can say anything and it'll just go to everywhere. Uh, so it's a little bit of control thing, I think. I, I can see that. I The only thing I can say is out of the few people they sent it to is like, I don't see many of them being ones who would be controlled by that. Controlled sounds so... Like, it was kind of it, a weird selection, though. It's, yeah, it's just a weird selection, I thought. Yeah. It, like, everyone they sent it to talks about games at some point we're we're all in tech i mean yep. we're going to talk about games no matter it's what the PlayStation. I mean, and that's another thing for us as well is we would have no reason to not tell the truth about it because we could get a playstation eventually gaming's not the main thing i'm on like that's not going to make or break this channel um, yeah it helped it on the other uh, hand yeah, like, definitely numbers going into another that we had the best best views ever on the channel in 24-hour period oh yeah you want to know the numbers partially helps on iphone um it's ins- yeah, do you want to look up numbers and I'll just finish my thought on what... Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I just think I could see one or two other game, more gaming channels. Like Austin and Judner are the first two that come to mind, really. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm super biased because I like both of them a lot and I like their channels a lot. But like they just feel like channels that love stuff like that and have an audience who absolutely loves stuff like that and it would really benefit from it. Um yeah, I think they could yeah, have sent su- it to a I'm couple I'm surprised more. those two didn't get one, mostly. Yeah. So now that we've gone through all of that, the hype is real for PS5. And I, again, it yeah. comes out once every few years, but I was expecting most hyped, and by most hyped, I mean most clicked, highest click-through product of the year to probably be iPhone. Mm-hmm. It usually is. Um, this year, out of the first so two days and 10 hours of being live, the iPhone 12 unboxing has 9 million views, and the PlayStation 5 unboxing had 9.2 million views, and it stayed wow. just ahead of the iPhone. So it is, I think, fair to say the PS5 is the most hyped product, at least on the channel this year. And yeah, we cover that a good we've variety. Done for sure. Yeah, and, that's, and that ended up uh, creating the single highest view count day of the channel's history. Yeah, and that just also is because the stars aligned, and iPhone was like still running its course yeah. in the background on that one there's um, a lot going on two pretty hype tiktoks we made off of it oh, yeah. i think it's fun because it's one of those things where you don't have to be an in-depth tech nerd you can benefit if you're a big nerd and a big gamer and ps5 is going to be amazing but like people play games that's just a norm we have for our generation and console games are so easily accessible so playstation's hyped by so many people that probably aren't watching our smartphone videos but are going to tune in because they just want to see the playstation and i think it's it's arguably just a straight up bigger target demographic the new iphone when it comes out every single year iphone 12 is targeted to people who buy iphones who don't have like the latest iphone they have like a two three four year old iphone versus playstation 5 coming out this year is like 
we want this thing in every home in America <laughs> we, and everywhere. We want this to be the Christmas present of choice. We want this to be the gift people yeah. give for the next four or five months. Uh, so it's just a, Man. a very broad brush. I, I have to say, uh, as much as I... I don't really play consoles that much anymore. I, I think, honestly, the best console to buy if you mostly play on PC is a Switch because it's just a whole nother, it's a whole nother beast and it's completely different. Almost every, most games you can play on Xbox and PlayStation, you can also play on the computer. So there's not a big choice where the Switch has a ton of exclusive stuff you won't get on the computer. But uh, I miss the days of growing up and wanting the new console like for christmas mm. Man, i i was super lucky and i i got an xbox and i got an xbox 360 at a playstation when i was younger like my my parents were great my mom surprised me with an xbox i thought there was no chance i was getting it but like getting that for christmas was the coolest thing ever and you yeah. just sat the entire christmas day in front of the tv that's probably why our parents get it they're yeah. like i just want to relax on christmas like this will definitely entertain him for the rest of the day um, yeah my first console ever was the PS4. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I had a friend with a GameCube a long time ago. Okay. I never owned a console. I had a... Well, you were after N64, right? That was like yeah. the hype. Yeah. yeah. So I had a PC, and I eventually started getting a little bit into PC gaming, but my first ever video game console was in college. I got a PS4 Pro. Huh. And then PS5. I mean, that's it. That's the that's the entire feel, story. Huh. It's funny. My whole life growing up was like I had one console, but I always had a friend with the the competition. So I was mm. like I was a PlayStation first while my friend had an N sixty four. Then I turned into an Xbox person, but I always had a friend that had a PlayStation two or or like my cousin had a PlayStation two and like yeah. you, you always had your friends that you knew if one game came out exclusively for one, like everyone was hanging out at their house for a while or everyone was hanging out at your house for a while. Got it. Yeah, my friend had a GameCube and I had a swing set in the backyard. Hell yeah. And that was pretty tight. Huh. <laughs> uh, no, when we talk about consoles though, I feel like we also have to talk about these insane embargo, yes. series of embargoes this that is, happen around them. This is something we've been talking about a lot behind the scenes just between us, but uh, it's, it felt like it needed to be talked about. It is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. So... For years and years and years, we've observed this embargo phenomenon where, breaking news in case you didn't realize that the nine videos in your sub box at the same time were for a reason, <laughs> we've done a whole episode about this. They are because the products are sent out specifically to people who will review or talk about the product before the product comes out so that by the time the product comes out, these people can spend time with it and publish something about their thoughts. But yeah. in order to keep this a secret and not leak too much information to comp competitors or before the announcement, there is an embargo, date and time, before which you are not allowed to talk about the thing. I think it also uh, like kind of protects creators a little bit in the sense of it allows people... You, you mentioned it, but I think just securing the fact that it allows creators to not worry about taking the time to get to know the product and know that somebody on the East Coast might get it quicker than someone on the West Coast, and then they're just going to rush to get a video out as soon as possible True. and be the first. It keeps people on an even playing field. So when you think about it like that, embargoes make total sense, and I'm totally in favor of embargoes. What we're getting to is, I mean, my, my personal opinion is we're they're taking advantage of embargoes and starting to... I overstep almost. And them. to be totally honest, I get it. It's like a natural evolution of, wait a second. 
instead of making, because I talked about this with the, the truth about the, the red iPhone. Mm-hmm. The iPhone, the red iPhone always came out like six months later. And it came out six months later, even though it didn't have to, they could have made it the next day, is because it was just a second nice wave of reminding people that there's a new iPhone and, and getting people to buy a new iPhone. So six months after the original iPhone announcement, there'd be, boom, new red version. Oh, new iPhone. It's the same phone, it's just red, but new new press wave. Now it's evolved into, hmm, okay, we have one product coming out. Why don't we give all of the information and all the product to all the people we want, but only let them talk about our first big feature on this date, and then our second big feature three days later, and then our third big feature the next week. And so what that creates is everyone who has that thing it you know is eagerly trying to wait to unveil what they've found and their 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 findings on this thing. So um, embargo number one comes along and everyone wants to share the thing. And so that creates that first wave of press. And then embargo number two comes along and ideally in this company's world, again, they want to share the thing. So they share more and they share more. And it just falls into like this lockstep like commercial. So instead of just mm-hmm. one plus going Instead, it's every reviewer who's had the phone following this, like, and OnePlus isn't doing this, but it's like them following now this like staggered embargo where everyone is chiming in at once. It will have six gigs of RAM, and they can all say just that, but can't talk about the hardware, can't talk about the software. Yeah. So that's what's happening. Yeah, and it's weird. So like, in a, in a perfect world, I think there's a lot of people out there who would say, "Hey, review." Or, Hey reviewer, you don't agree with all these embargoes. There's three of them. Why don't why don't you just wait till the last one and do all of it? But mm-hmm. even if we really, I mean, one yes, it does suck to lose the views when you release at an embargo. You get out first. That's just a thing. I do think we're a channel that's lucky enough to posting first isn't always a first priority for us. There have been plenty of times where we've waited hours or even a day after an embargo because we didn't feel like it was up to our standards. But at the same time they know that the audiences of these channels are going to relentlessly beg, <laughs> where yeah. is this video? Where is this video? Where if, if we decided to skip iPhone unboxing and wait like a week, I cannot tell you That's how a great much, like how many comments we would get on every, every video would be plagued with where's the iPhone unboxing. It would have nothing to do with the, the, the business MKBHD email. I probably would just <laughs> ignore it for a week because it would be, please iphone unboxing i need it right now yeah i think the iphone is a great example so we got the iphone 12 12 pro i think it was four or five days before the embargo and there's one embargo for apple this year great uh so in my opinion i have two phones i have to test them all this is also at the same time that i'm testing pixel 5 and a couple other things are happening so i in my mind i already know there's no way i'm finishing my entire review of even one of these phones in five days of testing it and shooting it. So I know that the embargo date is a certain day, certain time, 9 a.m., whatever it is. I'll basically just publish a little quick hands-on and impressions and share, yes, I have the phone. And you even hear me say in the video, by the time you watch this, I've begun testing and begun reviewing mm-hmm. the iPhone. And the review comes out later. And again, that is a little bit of a symptom of feeling the pressure of like, if I don't publish anything or if I just, I don't know, just tweet a picture of the box or something like uh, immediately people are like well i'm not learning anything from this channel i'll just go to other channels and you might even see this comment sometimes on videos where 
oh, I didn't really learn anything from this video. I've seen this all already. Well, there you go. That's the pressure of being early. That still exists no matter how big the channel is. So yeah, yeah I think the iPhone's a great example. Um, I think some channels can play to their advantage and just publish as many things as possible at every single embargo and just, just no problem. Just make all the things. It, uh, some have no problem with that. It, it's a tough decision you have to make sometimes and realize that there are channels out there that rely on views. And if a video tanks, it could be a super big hit to them. Um, so it kind of sucks. But I think what we're saying is we don't want to get too in-depth into these embargoes. Um, but the console one specifically, and you can probably see from videos we've posted about, we've been very upfront with what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say in these because right. we know every time we do something, people are going to be like, well, why didn't you talk about this, this, and this? So we're at the point where we kind of have to talk about the embargoes that we have. Um, yeah. These console ones have been rough, to say the least. They're they're not my least favorite, though. You know what my least favorite mm -hmm. was? Weirdly, the Surface Duo, where it felt like it was protecting part of the yeah, product. Yeah, I didn't like worse. that either. That was, uh, for right. those who don't remember, it was the Surface Duo initial embargo was a couple of days after we received it, but we still weren't allowed to turn it on or show any software, but we could talk as much about the hardware as we wanted. And then later playing to their strengths again possibly was it after the release date it might not have been after i don't know and that's something i want to talk about in okay a but yeah later eventually we're also able to review them in which we can turn them on and show everything else and that to me weirdly felt like intentionally protecting the worst part of the product with the embargo so. it's it's a weird thing of are they and maybe this is the same thing are they being uh shady and trying to get you to not see the bad thing or are they playing to their strengths and getting you to see the good thing because the duo's hardware was the best i mean like it's tough it's tough and i like marquez said to start this whole thing embargoes make sense for the company it's i think the creator is the one who's getting hit by it a little more and it's uh they got more choices to make yeah for sure so but you may brought up a really good point which is i want to ask you like what do you think your ideal embargo is uh, a fair embargo that helps that helps the company and helps the creator which if sure. both of those are helped ultimately helps the audience um sure and i think to me when you mentioned release date that is hands down the most important thing for me and we came up i thought of that today perfectly we're in the middle of working on the iphone 12 pro review and while it's way past embargo we're just super busy um i personally think i'm fine with max two embargoes i think an unboxing first impressions one especially if there's an event is totally fine mm -hmm. and then after that full review embargo can be a little longer to make sure everybody gets their units and takes ample amount of time to to do them yeah but i think both both embargoes should be out before any pre-order date um, i don't think any person should have to worry about not getting their pre-order in on the first day and then having to wait months and months to actually get their product just because they want to wait to see some reviews. So, okay, here's what I'll say. If you are a company that's coming out with a product on December 1st, right? If you are going to send out review units, I would I would say send them at least a week before you aim to have that product on sale so that there's a week for people to evaluate it. That's a good, healthy amount. More is always better. And have that embargo drop before people have to make the decision to buy yeah. it or not mm -hmm. because i mean that's just a win for it's a courtesy but it's a win for customers so they can know okay i do like this i want to buy it let me be early online versus 
I don't know if I want to buy it or not. And if I wait, then I'm at the back of the line. Yep. Now, there are going to be companies who come out with products that don't send products to reviewers. This happens all the time. They're, they're going to have a product that's going to come out December 1st. They don't send any of the products to any reviewers. They just drop it. And if people want to buy it, then they want to buy it. That's also fine. But don't expect people to immediately buy it if they don't know if it's good or not because there are no reviews. Uh, depends on what the company is, what the product is. There are way more variables. But I think like a week generally is a good amount of time for people to actually evaluate the goods and bads about things like smartphones, tablets, laptops. Yeah, I think most reviewers have have a good enough like game plan and knowledge and familiarity with most products to be able. A week is pretty fair to get a good amount of base thoughts down that would probably convince someone whether to buy something or which one to buy of it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think there is, if you have a good product, there is zero harm for making a full review embargo before your launch date. Because if you truly believe in your product, then nothing bad should be coming out of those reviews that should, would deter that many people. I think, the more you go into letting people spend their hard-earned money before professionals' opinions are out, the more it looks like you could potentially be hiding something and just hoping to make money before informed decisions are yeah. being made. So I'll, I'll wrap that up saying there's a bunch of red flags. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as a reviewer, when I see certain things, that is a red flag about the product itself, which is kind of funny. Number one is, ah, oh, we saw this with the first fold, actually where the product is like, yep, we'll send it to you for three days and then we, we need it back immediately. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag. <laughs> That's obviously a red flag. For Fold, it was a durability concern. Um, the Another embargo is, or another red flag, excuse me, is uh, you're not allowed to say anything about like this you know, particular set of things. That sometimes is a red flag. A lot of times it's just like, here's your first impressions embargo, here's your review embargo. When it's separated into, you can't talk about the software, but you can literally review the hardware, that's a little bit of a red flag. Um, and then I think the last red flag is when the review embargo is after significantly after pre-orders start to happen, where everyone has to make their purchase choice, they've all gotten in line, they've given their money, and then the reviews are going to drop. And then people realize, oh, there was a thing I didn't know about this yep. product. I wish I review. didn't. I wish I didn't buy it now. Now I have to return it. Stuff like that. That's, That's the last red flag. Yeah. So if you can avoid those red flags as a company, please do. Yeah, we get <laughs> more and, power to you. And like, I know there's a side to PR and and companies and marketing and stuff that like, you know, maybe there's a lot of stuff we don't. You're listening right now, and we're talking about things that we don't understand. But like, just know from from our side, and I think generally the audience is on our side on this that this is how we see things so maybe maybe it's time to start thinking a little different about some of these also built into the number of days of testing for us anyway is a production time maybe that's writing time for an article but production time for video so if you only give people 24 hours to review something they have to use like 12 of those hours yeah. to make the actual video so don't expect anything too thorough when the embargo yeah. time especially if you give an embargo and then decide to change it last minute. Oh, yeah. yeah just remember we're all working on stuff too. Not a, yeah. not everyone can drop what they're working on and just pump a video out. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of shaded, uh, there's a lot of veiled criticisms here that we'll never say the, the actual companies that do this, but man, this lots of stuff happens behind the scenes that- I don't know, I dropped some names. I said Surface Duo. I'm, I'm, I'm letting people know couple. about the fold. <laughs> anyway, 
Okay, that's that's probably enough embargo talk. Let's yeah. take another quick break, and uh, we'll come right back and talk tech. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we're back. We are, we're closing it on seven o'clock now and I have to get this podcast edited into Studio 71 in like two or three hours. So uh, I'm starting to tire out. We're going to end this by a really quick game I decided to do so we don't, so one, we can get this done and I can start editing and two, because we didn't want the recap to last forever, but we've covered so many phones since the last episode um, 
So what we're gonna do is I'm going to take the one, two, three, four, five, six bones that we've covered on the channel since the last episode, and we're just gonna play a little game. Both of us are gonna say one thing we liked about the phone and one thing we didn't like about the phone, and hopefully that should make anyone listening here decide if they wanna go watch the review or something on the channel, or if they decide I don't care at all, and then you're good. <laughs> okay, good. so you have to say one good thing and one bad thing about the Yeah, phone. I feel like we're gonna agree with a lot of things here, but um, that's okay. fine. All right. Cool. Let's uh let's just start straight iPhone. We're working on iPhone 12 Pro should probably might be out by the time this podcast's out. If not, congratulations. You get a little sneak peek on something here, but uh So iPhone 12 Pro? Yeah, do iPhone 12 Pro. Okay. Something I like about iPhone 12 Pro, Pro, I like the satin back and I love the color. Blue, I was going to say Blue 12 Pro is the best color iPhone that's ever Pacific ever come out. Pacific blue yeah. quality color. Good look. Something I don't like about the 12 Pro, no ProMotion. That might have been a predictable one. The Pro yeah, iPhone costs $1,000, and the Pro iPhone has a Pro camera, and the Pro iPhone has a Pro port, and the Pro iPhone has Pro Raw, and the Pro iPhone does Pro Res, and the Pro iPhone does not have ProMotion. And I am <laughs> sad about that one. I'll go I'll go different. I just I really don't like that it has technically a different camera setup than 12 Pro Max. I think that's weird. Oh, I think yeah. that's a really weird uh like flaw in that. Um I think they should be the same. I think it reminds me of Note 10 and Note 10 Plus when they were like that you're just supposed to be choosing a size difference. You're not supposed to be sacrificing any mm. actual specs on there. But uh in a dream world, it's just a different size. <laughs> yeah. But Apple has left that train and yeah, now we're all off the train. Exactly. Um okay. What do you like about the iPhone 12 Pro? I, I said Pacific blue, best color that oh, iPhone has mine? ever been. Okay. The game is you gotta make the one. The games you gotta make your own. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not an Apple user. Oh now you I, got you gotta stretch I do have for... to say I <laughs> <laughs> good one. A really good one. <laughs> um I mean like this is one of the first years where I've seriously been considering getting an iPhone. That being said, I'd probably be just a regular 12. Okay. Um, the There's co the be color something. is the thing I like the most There's about it. The 12 something. Pro. You're considering getting a phone for the first time because the color is so good? No, 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 no. I'm considering getting a 12, uh, not a 12 Pro. So there's nothing that great about the 12 Pro? <laughs> I don't think there's that anything that great about the 12 Pro. Oh, man. I think the, the color RAM. is the, the best thing. Cool. I mean, cool. Yeah, it's the new iPhone and it has better RAM. It's brighter. That's great. <laughs> Sorry, I All right, the we got the it. blue is my my thing that I had. I'll go the iPhone 12. I mean, it also is in the 12 Pro, but the design is amazing. It, I've with the new different widgets and stuff in iOS, I've never wanted an iPhone more. Um it's a great phone and the fact the best part about I think the iPhone 12 is there's no almost there's very little sacrifice when it comes to the screen now. It's that little tiny nip brightness uh little less but other than that bro that's a lot of good stuff about what? one phone you only had to say one but you just named like three yeah well i felt like i had to name more <laughs> because i did so poorly with the 12 pro all right um, so what's the thing bad i hate thing? the the color the oh red, no the red color is so bad that's, that's actually not true. red that's true it's like the opposite yeah yeah it's like salmon okay pacific blue on a regular 12 would just be yeah, they got a little Check crazy kiss. with the blues. It's yeah. a very different blue. Okay, iPhone 12. Let me say a good thing about iPhone 12. Well, you said design, and I'm with you on that. You said a lot of things. What did you not say? Sorry. Um, so, the square sides count. You said design already. It's so, design. square sides already. 
Let me just say A14 Bionic being a 5 nanometer chip and probably being future-proof for a very long time is pretty sweet. Big okay. fan of great future-proof chips in all types of phones. Fastest iPhone ever. Fastest iPhone ever, you bet. Something I don't like about iPhone 12, I already also agree with you. I don't like that product red. Let me also say, I wish Apple increased the size of their sensors just a bit on their cameras. Now, that's a, there's a caveat to this, which is it's hard to do that well. You would just think like, oh, bigger sensor, more, mo, more images, what? You would just think bigger sensor, more light, more pixels, like that's an easy formula. Mm -hmm. um, but we've seen with like phones like S20 Ultra, when you get like a giant 100 megapixel, like yeah, one over no, 1.2 inch sensor, you always get like weird fringing issues and suddenly the plane of focus is super thin. So maybe F1.6 was just all they needed to do, but I kind of wish Apple would make a leap with their cameras because it was pretty incremental this year. So there's my dislike. Okay. All right, let's go Pixel 5. I'll start this one out so I can't accidentally say the same thing and then Fine. completely struggle to find something else. All right. Pixel 5, best part. Uh, I'll, I'll just say battery. I think battery encompasses all the things I really didn't like about the Pixel 4 ultimately. Um one thing I don't like about I, I'm dying for an XL version. Like I'm totally fine stepping down from like premium flagship, if as long as it just has a bigger screen. Yeah, yeah. I'll say for Pixel Five, the thing I like is it's the best looking front of a Pixel ever, and that's the side you have to look at. I'm mm -hmm. not a fan of the mint green. I'm not even that into the plastic on top of metal, but whatever. I'm not looking at the back all the time. I love the front of the phone. Looks great. The front of the last few pixels have been rough. They've so. been really rough. So They've that's been a, bad. That's, that's a plus for Pixel. Uh, negative for Pixel 5. I'm going to say future-proof. I'm going to say this is a, I mean, it's a $700 phone, but it's going to be, we already know it's going to be slashed. But I, if I was to use a phone like that, I would have wanted the highest-end chip. I would have wanted more RAM. I would have wanted 120 hertz display. I would have wanted it to feel like the bleeding-edge performer that I'm so used to. So you so, want it? I kind of want the XL. You want a Pixel Ultra? Uh, I guess I would have probably you liked You heard it here Pixel first, Ultra. Pixel Ultra coming yeah. out. Hit Twitter. Okay, <laughs> Huawei Mate 40 Pro. I think we all know what we don't like about this. Yeah, this is probably a, a pretty unanimous one. Um, we like the hardware, we don't like the software. Is that is that fair? I mean, well, we don't like that you basically can't use the software in the US. Yeah. Um, I'll actually say uh, I don't like, oh, it's weird. I appreciate, but at the same time, don't like how curved the screen is. Oh, that's a good one. Holy cow, is it a good-looking phone? Mm -hmm. And the fact that they have to like push the power button backwards to make it happen, it looks amazing. Filming it was super fun, and I would hate using it. That's a very good point. So, yeah. So, there, that's your like and dislike? Yeah, there it is. I did <laughs> I did it. The two for one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the design. I like the hardware, the feel, and the hand. I don't like the software experience. That kind of yeah, that's in the review. Cool. How about how about LG Wing? LG Wing. That's in there. Uh, it's just so fun. Yeah, I think that's what I like. It's fun. It's new. It's exciting. It's that, different. It's built different. That's it. It's <laughs> built different. Isn't that like Home Depot or Lowe's or? Oh, it's a Tonka lot of things. It's a TikTok meme. Like it's a, it's all the things. It's built different. LeBron's um, built different. Or Ford, maybe. <laughs> I don't. Well, oh, that's uh, built tough. Built. You're built close. Ford tough. Ford is built tough, and Home Depot is like, whatever. I don't know. Okay. Where are we? LG Wing. <laughs> LG Wing is built different. What do you not like about the wing, though? Um, 
it's part of me wants to say size. It seems so big, like unwieldy almost. Um, and it's not even, and I don't think that's because of the extra screen. I think it's just, they made it too big. If not that, uh, it feels almost impossible to like, maybe they make a protector for it, but the case for it doesn't protect the front of the phone. And it, I'm the only reason I ever buy a case is because I want it to protect the front of, have a lip so the screen doesn't hit the ground. So to me, a, a case, the little case it comes with on the back is pointless and just makes it more bulky. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it lacks having protection where it's still a $1,000 phone. True. Uh, LG Wing for me, I'll say a good thing about it. Sound effects. Sound effects were good. You open that thing, it sounds like a sidekick. There's also a software sound it plays. You close it, it's very satisfying, but it also plays a sound and sounds really good. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good sounding phone. Despite the lack of a quad deck and a headphone jack, I like the sound of the <laughs> LG Wing. How dare you mention Yeah. Uh, and something I don't like, I'm going to go with the lack of the inevitable lack of software support because all of the all of the i said this in a maybe a previous episode um potential is not useful meaning this yeah. phone this phone has crazy potential think of all the things it could be if developers were like making their greatest apps in LG Wing compatible and separating UI yeah. elements and putting one on one screen and one on the other the map thing going on for playing asphalt on the main screen and the map on the second screen Imagine that for like yeah, all your favorite everyone apps. goes through that. That would I, be amazing. I it's s- not happening. Saw one which was an interesting, not integrated like that, but somebody was playing Fortnite and they had like a list of like I forget if it was like gun upgrades or places on the map that are good to drop above it, like a guide almost on top of it's it. Amazing. Like, yeah. yeah, it's such a good idea. Yeah, potential. I think the only other thing I can think of right off the bat, if my case I don't know if my case answer was kind of a cop out for that. My biggest gripe when physically using the phone was the animation was just too slow when you first flip it out. If it was oh, yeah. snappier and when you, for like the whole screen comes out before the bottom screen turns on and then it comes on and then it swivels. If it like just started those animations and those animations were snappier as it started flipping, I think it would make that experience just so much more like fluid. When I saw that, it was so egregious, and I saw that I was like, "There's got to be a good reason for it." There's no I way was all of almost LG too, yeah. like saw this phone open up and then one second later flips the UI open. And my guess is this whole UI would be a real pain to keep in RAM, and would probably crush mm. battery. And the problem is they have to load it up every single time. It's like loading up the camera app. It kind of just takes a minute yeah. to get there. Uh, so I feel like that's a next-gen problem to solve if you're able to keep more of that in RAM for it to load if faster, if you can break it down. Yeah. I don't know, but I just, yeah, I see that. I'm like, wow, LG definitely saw that and was like, well, that's the best we can do right now. It's funny because it reminds me of their dual-screen case, which takes an extra second to come on, but that's an accessory, so I didn't have as much of an issue with it because it's this added bonus. This was their their two-screen, uh, like, result of an integrated phone that still felt somehow like it was lagging behind like an ex- their other accessories so yeah yeah okay uh last one one plus eight oh, yeah. t <laughs> yeah we weren't even done yet we've covered a lot of phones one plus eight t huh uh should i go first sure one good thing about one plus eight t is that display that 120 hertz with super high touch refresh that is the smoothest phone in its class 
really great optimization by, by the OnePlus team to make that phone feel super smooth. Uh, Oxygen OS 11, just awesome smoothness. Um, one thing I don't like about the OnePlus 8T is that the cameras are noticeably inferior again uh, to the Pro even. I'm, I'm back on the OnePlus 8 Pro on my Android phone. Um, so I'll say the cameras are my dislike with the 8T. I have to say I... OnePlus is at this point where they release so many phones, I'm so confused. So I, I feel like I might say a pro or con here, and I, I might be talking about the wrong phone. I'll um, let you know. I'll tell I'll, you. I'll tell you a, a pro, and I think this is one you probably disagree with. I actually love the color that it came in, and I know I'm not the that only green, one. That minty that sea green? foam sea Yeah, foam green? I guess it was. Uh, Claire saw a thumbnail on our TV of that, and she's like, what's that? I want that phone. Well, she has a OnePlus, she has a OnePlus 5, but... She, she likes the like, color of it, I guess? She just liked the color of it a lot. Huh. She's like, that's a really nice looking color. Interesting. So cool. Yeah. Cool color. I, I do I do appreciate good colors. Um, one thing I don't like about it, it just, I don't see where it fits in the lineup at all. That was our biggest gripe. Right in between. <laughs> right in between nothing. I, are they... Because they're yeah, making they're it. making two more Nord phones now. There's all the the low well, yeah, end Nord. Yeah, those are lower. So the whole the whole the Nord lineup is clearly targeted towards like maximizing value, and then you have the Eight Pro, which is like their best possible phone. They finally water resistant. But you just have the Eight also, like which is basically the Eight T. Well, the Eight T replaces the Eight in the middle, where it's worse cameras, it's not wireless charging, it's not IP certified. But it's a little more expensive, and it's got the 120 hertz. It's just, it's just awkwardly you, in the middle. You just explained my reasoning perfectly. Yeah, that. it's the it awkward just, middle I don't child. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. There we go. That's a lot of phones. We have a lot of phones to cover. We have almost every phone that I think we're going to get in 2020, which means Ooh. time for my favorite video of the year. Oh, I know where you're going. Smartphone camera bracket. Yep. The uh, I just have way too much fun. It's like one of those experiments where we don't. We don't have to write the whole video up front. It mm -hmm. kind of starts writing itself for us and gets to have some really fun twists and turns that we didn't really think would happen. We got to get the 12 Pro Max. Yes, we still need to get that in. One more phone. We're, we're trying not to tell you how many, but clearly the best iPhone sensor is going to be in the bracket. Yeah. So that is what we're waiting for before we can start this. Yeah, but once that gets here, I think we're covered. We got Pixels, we got yes. OnePlus, we got everything here. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun, that and the smartphone awards are my two like favorite, like end of year things. Yeah. Shout out to retro tech season two has begun production. That'll yeah. come out in early 2021. So that's also sort mm -hmm. of something we're working on, but a lot of good year end projects also happening, but technically also still techtober. So yeah, Marcus is probably running on like six hours of sleep for the week right now. Yeah. Um, I mean. It's worth it though. This is a fun week. <laughs> yeah. So also I feel like I've I feel like I'm physically drained after recording this. I, I feel like I came into here super hyped and I thought this was gonna be a really efficient episode. We did the before the first ad break was like thirteen minutes and I was Quit. ramped up, ready to go. I feel like I just got hit by a truck. <laughs> I feel like the volume on my microphone's probably gone down because I've just lost so much like hype behind this. But uh yeah. I think that's yeah. where we're going to end it, and I'm just going <laughs> to go let my eyes bleed while I edit this and hope I get it to mark in time. XDR, baby. We got some high-res stuff to send your way. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of Waveform. It's still Techtober, but also, like, that always bleeds into November, and I don't really have a good name for Techvember. Like, that doesn't sound good. So, <laughs> Speaking of November, we're going to give you another episode next week, too. Yeah. Just be ready. It's a good time. Next so, episode. <laughs> definitely make sure to tweet at us at WVFRM. Let us know what kind of stuff you want to see. 
train horn. Let us know if you want to see other <laughs> smartphones in the smartphone bracket like you definitely want to see in there. That's something you should send our way too. And we'll catch you guys next week. Waveform is brought to you in part with Studio 71 and our intro-outro music was created by Cameron Barlow. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.